winner will win a $200 gift certificate to Albertsons and a $200 gift card to the Holiday Station. Good luck from all of us at ERA Carroll Realty. Brackleton's Fine Food and Spirits invites you to enjoy our lunch menu with popular choices like our ahi tuna bowl with ahi tuna, soy marinade, peanuts and scallions, wonton chips, wasabi aioli, and sesame seeds. Or our turkey lettuce cups, Asian ground turkey, lettuce, cilantro, peanuts, hot sauce, or maybe our fish and frites, battered cod, shoestrings, and spicy slaw. Lunch at Brackleton's, where good food is good mood, on Main Street, downtown Sheridan. When you talk to your pets, this is what they hear. And your dog replies, Hey, Mr. Whiskers, I think he's saying we're getting new dog and cat food from Northwest Naturals. Raw diets for dogs and cats sold locally only at the Health Nut. He says Northwest Naturals has cat treats, too. Which means you guys stay here. I'm going to the Health Nut in Sheridan's 5th Street Mall right now. Is your window having a hard time rolling up and down, slow, getting stuck? Novus Autoglass can replace your window regulators along with windshield replacement and repair. Novus Autoglass is an insurance preferred provider. Any visual impairments, the window doesn't have to be broken. Big or small, we can fix it all. Stop in or call today to make an appointment. In some cases, we can get you in the same day. Novus Autoglass, 347 North Main, 672-0139. So what's wrong, Fido? Did Timmy fall down the well again? What? You mean you don't want this dog food? You want a different dog food? Okay, so you want Northwest Naturals raw diets for dogs, sold locally only at the Health Nut? Wait, wait, you want some A-plus answers raw goat milk formula with raw honey and organic cinnamon? And they have Northwest Naturals for cats too? You guys stay right here. I'm going to the Health Nut in Sheridan's Fifth Street Mall right now. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, LifeLink of Sheridan County is receiving these funds her random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment. Member FDIC. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whiting. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. Now, the first day of spring is only five days away. With the improving weather, we will all begin to wander outside a little bit more and organizations and businesses will begin to hold events and gatherings. And joining me this morning are the Chief of the Sheridan Police Department, Travis Coltiska, and Lieutenant Dan Keller. Good morning, gentlemen, and welcome back to the show. Morning, Floyd. Thanks so, for morning. It's always good seeing you guys. I, I do like the weather right now. I heard it's going to remind us that we're not there yet a little later. I say you must have made the script yesterday when it was 50 degrees because <laughs> I, don't, I don't see spring approaching, Floyd. I don't it's, know where you're going with it. It's this. there, sir. I promise you. He's just All hiding right, really I'm, good. Yeah, I'm pretty skeptical <laughs> right now. It has been a bitter, bitter winter, hasn't it? It, it sure has. It's um, 
you know, I wrote on this on a, a community perspective. This is like what I hear common in the community is this is a, a winter we remember. Mm-hmm. I was just talking to uh, some family friends down in Claremont area, and his grandfather's ranch down there since the 40s, and said he's never seen this much snow remain for an entire winter Wow, down in that country too, which it needed it. It's been, you know, this whole country's needed it. You know, at least we won't, hopefully, won't be dealing with droughty issues and wildfires and that. Although grasses grow, there's lots of fuel, but... Yeah, it's been a good winter, that's for sure. Uh, you know, one thing is uh, getting us prepared for that melt-off. I think that's uh, going to be a big focus as we get into the spring, getting ready for everything that's on the mountain right now to end up in the valley in only a month's time. And it always amazes me every year how much that actually is. Uh, how have things been down at the department, Chi? Uh, really good. We've been, we've been very busy. We just released our 2022 a- annual report, which is on our website. Um, we had uh, another record year. Uh, last 2021, we had the most calls for service we'd ever had uh, until 2022. Wow. Um, one of the, obviously one of the issues that I think everyone across um, most, most employers are experiencing is issues with finding individuals to, to want to get into the profession. Um, fortunately, we, we do have a, a nice program I'll let everybody know about. Uh, today at 4 o'clock, we're swearing in our second reserve police officer. That's fantastic. Um, Lieutenant Keller um, came up with a, a program. Well, it's been six, eight months ago now, probably when he, when he first started pitching it, of an uh, ability for individuals who don't have the capacity or the desire to do full-time law enforcement but have the abilities to um, become certified law enforcement officers to to work in the, in the exact same um, role as a sworn full-time officer to help supplement and augment any shortages in, in staffing that we have. So we, um, officer, uh, Megan Phillips, who was a sworn officer with us for over three years, had come back in, in, in a reserve capacity. And then uh, a gentleman named John Mahalik will be sworn in at four o'clock today as a reserve officer. And John comes with, with a lot of experience. He was a 23, 22, 23-year Las Vegas Metro police officer oh, retired wow. up here where his wife has family. We're very excited about this program. We're excited about Megan and John coming and helping out down on the street. So they're, that's a very good thing we have going on. So that's helping a little bit, but you no, know, things are growing great. I, I know we're ready for the, for the melt too, because um, <laughs> accidents have been up obviously with road uh, conditions and just very busy, but very good. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of fender benders out there or, or a little worse. Is it, is oh, it actually good? the last, uh, I kind of review that stuff in two-month cycles. That's just how our patrol shift cycles through days and nights. So that's how I look at the data. And accidents actually through these last storms were right on average for the year, which is pretty remarkable. So we kudos to all the citizens of Sheridan for driving really well and then slowing down when roads are icy. Um, Sheridan, I've looked at compared to state numbers, were at average or lower for accidents per thousand. And uh, so the dr- drivers here do a really good job. And we appreciate them partnering with us on that. LT, uh, you're you're kind of the 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 man behind the big reservist program, which <laughs> which is fantastic. That's a, it's a great program. How do you feel about it now? You've got two officers uh, getting ready to get sworn in. Uh, how do you feel about your program? As we, I wouldn't say that we're well into it, but uh, it's developing officers. Uh, I feel fantastic about it, and, and to be clear, it's uh, definitely the chief of the department's program. I just kind of had an idea, and as a team, we ran with it. Um, but that said, yeah, it's uh, taking off better than we thought. Even you know, it's it was kind of icing on the cake if we could find some qualified, properly motivated people that wanted it. It's, it's totally volunteer position; they don't get paid anything. Um, so if we found people that would 
do this, great. If we don't, it doesn't cost us anything. And and right off the bat, we found two great people. Like uh, Chief said, what, uh, one's a young lady who had been an officer with us and just for some raising a young family, the shift work wasn't working out, but she's still passionate about police work. And and she's probably to blame for the program work because she keeps always beating on my door. Is there, is there something I can do? Um, so she's excited to, on her own time, throw the uniform on and come help out. That's great. Um, and then, yeah, with this other uh, Mr. Mahalik we're swearing in today, just a highly motivated guy and very decorated officer. He'd done everything from patrol work to uh, being a detective on their organized crime bureau in Las Vegas. Whoa. He relocates to Sheridan and just learned about this program. And uh, he says, yeah, at this point in my life, he, you know, he doesn't have a desire to be in a patrol car for eight, 12 hours a day, but he, he misses the camaraderie and just really driven by a sense of, I, I've got this knowledge and I want to give back to this. He really loves Sheridan, just wants to give back. So he's excited to be part of the team. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, it's guys. awesome. Two gems came out of that basket. First off, yeah. I think that's great. And, and you know, it, it's this program too. We we do not lax on standards. So the same hiring standards for full-time apply to the reserve. They go through the exact same testing process, through the same backgrounds. It's a very extensive process to even get on as a reserve. So we ensure that regardless of whether our citizens are speaking to a reserve officer or a well, I call them full-time. They're all sworn. They all have the same training. They're hired under the same standards. Everything is the same in that respect. Now, uh, LT, if somebody is interested uh, in the in joining this program, uh, who do they contact? What should they do? Um, they can contact Human Resources directly and f- just fill out an application for Peace Officer um, and just note reserve somewhere on that application. Um, and if they have specific questions, they can certainly call and ask and visit with me and I can give them details about the program and requirements. Fantastic. Now, now with spring comes uh, pothole season uh, and <laughs> there's been a few around town. Uh, yeah, yeah, there have been. And, you know, with the with the freezing and the melting and the freezing and the melting, that just causes greater damages to our roadways. And um, one thing that, uh, you know, we're asking the community that if, if they have the opportunity, there's a... a Sheridan has an uh, application on their phone called Connect Sheridan. And this application, they can report potholes and these service requests. Um, it's an app they can download. Obviously, don't do it while you're driving, but pull over. You see a big pothole, pull over. You can um, enter a service request. You go under service requests, enter a service request. It'll let you geolocate. Basically, there's a map that shows exactly where that pothole is at. And you just, you, the, the app's pretty easy to navigate. And those service requests go straight to our streets department. Um, and what they're doing right now is because obviously we can't do any pothole repairs now, but um, when the snow is gone, that's one of their priorities to get out there and patch these potholes and, and fix these roadways that, that are experiencing degradation due to the weather. I mean, it's, let's, let's face it, it's, it's 100% due to the weather yeah. in this situation. And um, so, yeah, any citizens that are able to do that, like I said, Connect Sheridan, it's a great, it's an easy app and you can do you can enter a variety of service requests on there but one particular that the city's asking for the community's help on is pothole issues pothole identification uh, i think that's fantastic uh, you know because i think uh, usually in the past city works had to drive around and just kind of find them as they went absolutely so i think this is a great program you can download that app i'll get a, a link to that application up online today. And it is the weather, folks. Uh, they can't go out and repair potholes until the freezing is done. 
unfortunately, we all just kind of have to live with it until that time. Otherwise, what you accomplish is gone in a matter of days. Absolutely. Uh, now, another thing that uh, is coming with the spring and as we go into the summer and a great use for our reserve officers, events. Events mm-hmm. are right around the corner. Everyone's kind of looking forward to getting outside, I think. Uh, you know, after two years of COVID and everyone staying in as much as they can, I think everyone's tolerance for remaining in the house has kind of peaked out. So we're all looking forward to getting out there. Now, Chief, how many people have begun their their planning process that you know of? We've had uh, uh, some informal discussions with a, a couple entities that are interested in potentially some. There's not has not been a. Um of great influx at this time, but we kind of know around here that some of the, the, the ones that are going to happen year in, year out, you know, there's going to be events surrounding the wild rodeo. So we've had some informal conversations with some of the establishments regarding some of the, the plans that they have, uh, are entertaining. Some ideas are entertaining, um, to have some events. Uh, third Thursdays are going to happen. Farmers markets are going to happen. We know that those type of things are going to, are, are going to occur, occur, um, a lot of them, the good thing is, you know, we've worked with them over the years for um, different entities. So a lot of them are kind of cookie cutter. I don't want to call them cookie cutter, but they, in essence, they are. They're, we can use last year's plans to kind of um, help create a, a plan for this year. Now, Main Street Construction is going to throw a wrinkle in some of those plans. Um, so they may have to come up with alternates. But, but you know, rest assured, it's it's a... Great opportunity for some economic development within the city. Uh, great opportunity for business owners, community to, to derive some, you know, some extra income. Uh, it's great for the community to get out and socialize. Like you said, I think combination of COVID and a brutal winter, there's a lot of cabin fever. <laughs> there is. Uh, and, and we want to make sure that, that, that our, the people that attend these, um, that it's a safe event for everyone. It's safe for the people that are hosting the events. It's safe for those that attend the events. And that's the primary that is the responsibility of the Sheridan Police Department is to help them uh, establish and, and look at what is safe and what is not. It, it, you know, is is a plan that they're putting in place have a potential to have a, a dire effects and, and safety consequences? That's what we look at. Now, uh, when it comes to planning an event, uh, usually people want to get something done. They have, uh, you know, an agenda of some sort, whether it be to deliver a message or just showcase a bunch of the, the great you know, things that people make at the house, such as the farmer's market. But there's permits required for just about everything when it comes to operating something as large as that. What organizers, uh, what permits do organizers have to attain that you know of, Chief? Well, um, first off, if they're going to close a street um, or a sidewalk, they need to request a, for a closure permit. And, they, and these can all be, so you can have events that have multiple requirements. So if they're going to serve alcohol, there are restrictions on whether it's a malt beverage permit or whether it's a catering permit, which catering, people think of food, but usually catering permits are required for the service of alcohol, hard alcohol or wine. Um, so th- those permits are required, um, you know, if it's going to have an adverse impact or potential adverse impact to surrounding areas, um, like say it's a downtown event, um, um, maybe anything wants to close the street for a short period of time, need to ensure that, that's not going to have an adverse effect to the other businesses surrounding that closure. Obviously, if it's a, a liquor establishment that is serving outside of their dispensing room, they're required to get a, 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 a catering permit so that, that, that allows them to serve in, in a different area. So those, those are two of them that are required. 
uh, that I can think of. Mobile vendors require yeah, an I, annual permit. I think just a general rule of thumb, if there's any chance it's going to affect your neighbor um, via noise levels, alcohol service, travel, um, any, anything like that, then, then you should look into see if you need a permit or not. And we're going to talk uh, a couple more details on those permits when we come back. More with the Sheridan Police Department when we return. This is Public Pulse on 930KROE at 103.9 FM. Sheridan. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, LifeLink of Sheridan County is receiving these funds per random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment. Member FDIC. been a year that we've been talking about Sheridan Honda and Power Sports. Wow, a year. Went by fast. Agree. And in honor of our one-year anniversary, we're offering a two-for-one special on service. Get your Power Sport and vehicle service at the same time, and we'll give you 15% off the total bill. Does it have to be a Honda or a Can-Am? Nope. Our skilled technicians can service all makes and models. Call Manny or Kayla to get scheduled today. For 15% off your service, call Sheridan Honda and Power Sports today. Delicious McDonald's deals are now more fun, more accessible, and better than ever through the McDonald's mobile app. The app is now the only place you can earn My McDonald's reward points on every McDelivery order. Plus, you can get those free McDonald's rewards you earn delivered, too. Just order, relax, and enjoy. McDonald's will bring your faves to you. Just go to the Google Play or Apple App Store and download the new McDonald's mobile app and start saving. Download it now. McDonald's shared in Buffalo and Gillette. You know, there's a lot of different kinds of springs. There's the kind that you wind up tighter than two coats of paint. There's the ones you pull apart and they spring back, and there's the kind you push together and they bounce back. And there's the kind of spring that is time to get your 4 before side-by-side tuned up for the year. Just call Handos and Joe will spring into action. Heck, he'll even come and get it. Tune it up, fix it up, even rev it up. 4 before spring tune-ups at Handos Service Center on Sheridan's Heartland Drive. A group that's been captivating global audiences since 1973. San Jose Tyco takes the Y.O. Theater stage Tuesday, March 21st at 7 p.m. Inspired by traditional Japanese drumming, company performers express the beauty of human spirit through the voice of the Tyco, creating a vibrant contemporary art form which connects people through cultural understanding and creative expression. Tickets are available now through the Y.O. Box Office or online at yotheater.com. This week on the Weekend Sports Wrap Podcast, it's that time of year. You know, that big tournament that happens in the third month of the year. I can't say the name of it for legal reasons, but you guys know what I'm talking about. We get a preview of that tournament. We talk about the biggest upsets that I predict. That'll almost certainly be wrong. And then I give my ultimus quattro picks. You guys know what I'm talking about. That takes up most of the show. And then I go on a rant about baseball uniforms for like the last 20 minutes. So check it out. The Weekend Sports Wrap Podcast on sharedmedia.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. This morning, I am speaking with the chief for the Sheridan Police Department, Travis Koltiska, and Lieutenant 
Dan Keller. Now, our topic this morning is events planning. Events are good for the communities of Sheridan County, among a myriad of other reasons, such such as supporting great causes and, and organizations. Events bring in revenue. Uh, They really showcase our city for what it is. In the first part, we spoke on the needed permits that you have to grab before you execute an event. And I would actually say, what are the the first steps an event holder should take, Chief? Uh, You've been a part of this planning process for years. And when someone thinks, I would like to hold a farmer's market or maybe even have a march for a cause what do i need to look at what's the first step that i should do? first step is you reach out to customer service at city hall and tell them what kind of permit you want to or what kind of event you want to have and they're very knowledgeable at customer service those are the ones that help you fill out the application the permit information and details to, to send it through for approval um so that'd be the first order of business and and the, the things that they're going to ask is like we talked about just in an earlier segment is, is alcohol going to be served? Is food going to be served? Are you requiring a closure or requesting a closure of a street or a sidewalk that's going to impact the traveling public, correct, or any businesses around the area? Those And then customer service at City Hall can really direct you to the, the type of, of permit that you need to request. Um, we also, you know, we are more than happy to answer questions at the police department on you know, depending on if it's an event that's going to involve a large crowd, a concert, uh, when there's violations, like the lieutenant said, when it could potentially go after hours where there's going to be a noise, where there's going to be alcohol service, um, those sort of things. You know, more than happy to answer questions at the police department about that because we are part of the approval process. And if you submit an application, you may receive a call uh, from either Lieutenant Keller or Captain Ringley, who are, are kind of instrumental in the permit process at this point now. Um, getting clarification on what you on, or if there's things that are missing, should you have security? Um, you know, but customer service, the, the nuances of the details, like, um, we, a lot of permits require, uh, if it's going to be a street closure, they require an insurance bond or oh, an indemnification, wow, yeah. uh, because you're essentially leasing a, a public space for your private event or your, or your, your event. Um, and, and so you're assuming liability and responsibility for what goes on inside there. So. Someone throws a brick from the street into a window. Yeah. Someone's got to pay for that. Right. So that's what the purpose of the insurance bond is, to, to take some liability off the city for for that. So those are the sort of things. But customer service can help answer all those questions, and we're more than happy to do that as well. Now, uh, sir, we talk about needing a permit. Some people out there might be thinking, well, I already have a liquor license. Why the heck do I have to have a permit to hold an event right outside my door? What's the purpose of the alcohol permit? Uh, I would just ask, what's the reasoning behind it? Yeah, again, it just comes back to what how it could potentially affect your neighbors, right? Um, and if you're serving alcohol where you're where it's not designated, the the license they hold has limitations um, to a serving space, um, and it's typically set up um, where all these best practices for serving can take place. So if it's Going beyond that, um, yeah, just the likelihood of it affecting other people increases a lot. And we just want to, um, you know, we're representing the the city as a whole. And we want to make sure all 20,000 people aren't affected adversely by anything. We want to make sure all best practices are in place. Um, so it's just partnering with the uh, people doing the event to make sure they're putting on a safe event that's going to make them money and not affect their neighbors adversely. Now, when someone comes in and they apply for one of these permits and uh, 
is one of the first thoughts that go through your mind. How are we going to keep minors from drinking? Uh, depending on the event, it can be. And it, and just so the listening public knows, too, you know, when you say they come in, they don't come into the police department to get these permits. This is something they go to City Hall to do. Um, then it'll come across our desk for our recommendations. Um, but, but yeah, um, best practice is the larger the event, we want to make sure they're, um, you know, we're going to make sure they have something to identify minors if minors are allowed um, and know what steps they're taking to make sure people are being ID'd. Um, all, all those best practices, yeah. And a lot of those are dealing with things like that's why we have to wear a bracelet when we go into this area. Sure. Or yeah. something like that, right? Yeah, a lot of these events require minors to get uh, we require large X's of an indelible ink on the back of both hands of a minor so that a server can instantly or, or at least attempt to make that. If, if there's a check-in, check-out point, like you know, an entry point into this event, whether it's indoor or outdoor, and um, they have somebody that's IDing at that door, that is providing wristbands for those over 21 are also marking the hands of those that are under 21 to make it easy on the, the servers um, that are actually pouring the alcohol to do a quick identification. So um, that's part of, you know, the tips that we offer at the police department, the tips training. There's, there's um, a vendor tips for both um, alcohol service as well as a, what's it called? It's called a vendor tips. It's something along those lines. It's more geared towards the outdoor events the the farmers market not well yeah farmers markets the um third thursdays those kind of things so there's tip certification and those provide information to servers just on on how to how to those, what those best practices in alcohol service are how to properly identify individuals how to recognize proper identification and as much as anything empowerment to say no i don't believe you're 21 and notify us and mm-hmm. if there's somebody's attempting to, to to buy alcohol it should not be so at what point do you think security needs to come into play uh, on one of these applications? I, I, so what I'm saying is if someone doesn't know that I need security, uh, but you look at an application and you're like, nope, this one's going to require it, that one wouldn't. Is, is it based on the number of estimated individuals attending the event? Uh, it can be. I don't think there's been a specific time where we've told people they need to get security we'll basically tell them, here's what the outcomes need to be. You need to be having this event safe. You need to be following these best practices. And however you need to do those outcomes, um, and they'll make that connection themselves. But for us to have those outcomes, we probably need security. Um, we need to hire people to work in the gates and check professionals checking the IDs and things like that. Um, but we try, um, and it's, it's a, it can be a balancing act, certainly, but we try not to run events for people that's not a business we want to be in um we but yeah we just want to make sure they're aware and on the same page with best practices they can figure out how to do that on their own um which kind of leads into you know what assistance does the city provide yeah um there's we have seen in the past some misconceptions when people want to do an event and they assume um that we're going to run the event for them or we're going to do the security um you know we're glad to help when possible we do have limited resources and, and we're answering calls for twenty thousand people and we can't dedicate people to that event so whatever that they need they're responsible to provide for me and things like that now when it comes to uh, uh applying for one of these permits chief are there issues that i should know that may come up uh, what should i go down there with and i know that's more of a bureaucratic question than a law enforcement question but is there anything right off the top of your head that you could think make sure that you've got your this duck in a row and that duck in a row no there's not requirements for like identification or any of that sort of thing so um 
the only things that uh, and a lot of them are already in place by these these event holders who have had these events over the years is the the proof of the um of the liability insurance or the insurance bond uh depending on you know if that's a requirement and if there's if there's a, a closure of a street you're, that's going to be a requirement so um other than that you know we don't require uh, maybe um well, no, it's not even require tips, proof of tip service because that's uh, something that we can check during the event if we decide we need to because there's been a problem. Yeah. We don't just we don't go in the middle of a well-run event and start checking tips certifications. But if, you know, if, if it's something could come after the fact, then we need to make sure that the, the employees are properly trained and following the city ordinance because city ordinance does require that the employees of alcohol that are going to serve alcohol receive tip training within 90 days of employment. So we want to ensure that those are taken care of. Um, but no, they don't just have a have, no have a good operational plan. Know uh, well in advance um, what you want to do, what um, activities are going to be surrounding it, and so that you can properly identify that. Um, have your point of your main point of contact information, and if there's um, security, security is asked on the permit. It's just kind of a one that may not apply to every event, but you know, but may um, may be necessary for what if you if that's what's determined. So make sure you have your points, your security point of contact, and that information ready and available. Now, when it comes to the 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 timing of these, uh, I, I think it's probably easy to say that the sooner the better when it comes to planning these events, uh, because you never know what kind of issue might pop up as you try to get this thing done. Now, how does the Sheridan Police Department actually facilitate public safety during the larger events, such as the Rodeo Week? Because, uh, I mean, we've got tens of thousands of individuals who stop in. Yeah, um, we, we alter scheduling for the whole department to make sure we have, you know, e even without that, as you know, we're the only law enforcement agency within... <laughs> But 100 miles offers 24-7 law enforcement. So we, we alter schedules to have um, more people working. Uh, we'll bring in outside help. Sometimes we'll bring in officers last couple of years from Gillette just to ride double up our cars. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, we're a huge, huge proponent of take care of little issues before they become big issues. So we, we really believe officer presence. If we do lots of that, hopefully that will prevent small crime issues and we and we zero tolerance for small crime issues on those big events and hopefully those will prevent big big problems you know i can remember when i first got here you know working here 15 years ago the, the rodeo week was pretty yeah i remember guns being fired i remember uh cleaning up passed out people in the porta potties in the morning um sexual assaults it, oh, it was wow. just i can't remember how many mip tickets we'd write it was in the 40s yeah so wow. it, We've really tried to encourage uh, event holders to be more responsible, and, and they've they've actually really changed the event a lot and made it much more family friendly, so to speak. A little more something we can be proud of as a community. Because, um, yeah, we, like I said, we don't want to run the event. We're not party planners. Uh, uh, people can do their own events, but you don't want to pick up after the event either. Exactly. But we are we are the police are the people, right? We represent the community, and there's knowing this community that wants to step over passed out people on their way to work, um, have their kids walking through piles of puke or anything like Ugh, that. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's just hear about guns being fired, people sent to the emergency room. N nobody wants that. So we, so we just want to make sure the events continue the direction they've been heading. And I, I think, uh, you know, to memory, and correct me if I'm wrong, Chief, but to memory, I've been here, what, three, three years or something like that? All the events have been 
fantastic in that time. Like, no big issues. Yeah, we've really, uh, as Lieutenant said, um, it, it, it they have been great um, recently. Um, and, and not every year was, was you know, we didn't have guns shot, fired every year, but there were. No, yeah. It did happen. Um, there were a lot of times when things were borderline getting out of control. Um, and, and so we've really worked hard with the, the owners of the establishments, and they've responded really, really well and understood. And they want to be great community partners as well. They they understood what, how things were starting to evolve and really worked hard with them and to encourage them to, <clears throat> you know, really try to make this an event everybody could be proud of. And they've, they've, they've done a good job of that. We've had these events that are happening now. And for the most part, and we'll knock on wood, they've gone great in recent years. And we, we want to continue that upward trend. That's our goal is let's, let's keep it on this, on this trajectory and not let it uh, dissolve or devolve into something that we're not proud of. Something that uh, when I suit up to go to work for the police department, I'm not thinking it's going to be a long night. It's yeah, I mean, going to be the, a long night. It used to be Sunday morning at uh, 6 a.m. of rodeo weekend. We were like, oh, great, only 364 more days before the next <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, yep. it, it was it's it's it was not a fun weekend for members of the Sheridan Police Department. I'll, I'll just be honest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and that candor is appreciated because now we can actually look back on those times. And first, if we admit that, yeah, wasn't that good, we can a fix what those problems were. We can identify what the problems were to prevent them in the future, and we can acknowledge the fact that lately they've been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and, and that a lot of work has gone into making these events very family friendly, and I think everyone in the community benefits when the entire family shows up. Yeah, and and it's just like we 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 tell the bar owners, you know, if you if you have issues with fights, we've always said, like the lieutenant said earlier, we want to stop this fight before it happens. So if it becomes an argument, call us, let us mediate, let us get involved, let us make the problem go away or attempt to. Um, nobody wants to go to a barn where there's a fight left and right and they, yeah. they could be drug into the middle of it. Nobody wants to, nobody wants to go to an event where it's just, it's, it's a total chaos. Right. So it's actually, it, it improves the ability for these event holders to have run a better event and to, you know, be more successful. Absolutely. And so it, that's, that's our end goal. Um, you know, it, it's not to, to put our thumb down on anybody. It's not to to stop people from having events. It's like we're trying to help each one of these event holders have a very successful event for everyone's benefit, and them, them included. And those are the events that grow, and those are the events that when someone looks at it year after year after year, they can say, yep, this one's always great for the community. Sign off. Let's get that moving. Yeah, yep. and it's definitely I've seen the, the event holders. It, it's been more event-focused, meaning there's alcohol there, but people are there for the event, for the band, for this, where in years past I've seen, we called them events, but they were there for the alcohol. We showed up to drink. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, so when when there's it's event focused, the event it's just they go a lot smoother. Well, gentlemen, I want to thank you so much for taking so much time with me. Um, I, I've run out of time. Um, thank you for coming in, and you and your team be safe, Chief. Thanks, Floyd. LT, it's always a pleasure. Twice. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk to the mayor of Buffalo, Shane Schrader. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE, 103.9 FM. Share. When the unexpected happens, you may wonder what's next. Champion Funeral Home can help you through this phase of life. They provide support and personal services while helping you create a meaningful tribute to your loved one. 
Champion Funeral Home has been locally owned and operated since 1911, providing compassion and care to Sheridan and Johnson County. Visit Champion Funeral Home at championfh.com or call 674-6329. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, LifeLink of Sheridan County is receiving these funds her random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment. Member FDIC. What is your business worth? Have you considered buying or selling a business? Our certified valuation professionals at Harker Mellinger can help you determine the proper values in gifting, estate planning, and the purchase or sale of your business. This is Chance Harris. Parker Mellinger has been providing professional valuation services for Sheridan area businesses since 1995. Schedule an appointment today to discuss how a business valuation can work for you. Parker Mellinger, 672-0785. Shan Foster with the Country Pet Inn talks about dog training and behavioral issues that dog owners may be experiencing. If the dog's not listening to you consistently and with distractions, it's not trained. And most people say, well, my, dog, my dog's trained. It can sit, it downs, it comes when I call it. Well, what about when Joe Squirrel runs by? What about when that semi comes by honking its horn? Well, those are the things that I train for in real life. Most of the time, it's all through basic obedience. Now, by doing that, you take care of a lot of the behavioral issues, shyness issues, aggression issues, possession issues. When you put that dog in that mode or the dog understands its role, a lot of those things go away. Whether your dog has obedience issues where it doesn't listen to you or come to you when you call it, stealing food from the table, excessive barking, aggression issues, you name it, we'll work together to solve it. I help people understand their dog. I'm very fond of that. If you want to get a hold of me, go to countrypetin.com or call Call 674-8582. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse. Proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. For my second guest this morning, I am joined by the mayor of Buffalo, Mr. Shane Schrader. Good morning, Mr. Mayor. Good morning, my friend Floyd. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing fantastic. The weather's starting to improve. I know we might get a, a little bit of a skiff tonight, but uh, yeah. I'm hoping it's not too bad. Nah, it's never too bad, right? <laughs> <laughs> Stay positive. We might be That's... tired of it, but it's never too bad. Now, sir, one thing that I, I, I did want to talk to you about, uh, you know, YDOT's looking to begin the big shared and Main Street project sometime early next yeah. year. Yeah. During each phase, the city's going to replace and update infrastructure under that roadway. But Buffalo is also going to undergo a large resurfacing project on its main street. When is that scheduled to begin, sir? Uh, that's scheduled in 2024. And, you know, Floyd, that'll go from interstate to interstate. So that's a pretty big chunk of of ground to cover. Oh, wow. So that's going to take, uh, I mean, that's a huge, huge amount of roadway. All the way through town, north to south. Now, uh, does Buffalo plan on doing anything in conjunction with that project, such as replacing or updating any utilities? Oh, absolutely. Uh, You know, for quite some time now, I'd say 
probably close to a year, we've been sending out notices and, you know, opportunities to business owners along that route. And, you know, actually anybody that lives along that route from the I-90 exit to the I-25 exit, you know, out by the high school from from out by the airport to out by the high school, it's quite a chunk. And, you know, looking at replacing infrastructure underneath and storm drains and all the fun stuff that goes with it. So Les Hook and his team are are already coming up with plans, or do they have something that they've brought to you in the council that they said, you know what, we definitely want to make sure that this one gets done? Oh, absolutely. You know, there's some drainage, you know, up on the north part of Maine, and just the water and sewer uh, connects with businesses and residential along that area. So, you know, between public works and city planning and zoning and the building inspector's office, there's been a little flurry of activity. And, you know, it goes into all sorts of things that you don't even realize when these projects first come up. And, you know, I know Mayor Bridger's probably working through some of the same stuff with his council is, you know, trees and park benches and, you know, lighting and all the fun stuff that goes along with it has to be looked at as well. Absolutely. Uh, You know, that is something that we don't tend to think about when we're thinking about resurfacing a street, but you're right. Everything that goes with that street is kind of a big photo, you know, off to the side. What's in what's framing the road itself now? Exactly. With the amount of road there in Buffalo that that has to be done. Uh, and I didn't realize it was going to be from freeway to freeway. That is a staggering amount of, of roadway. Will this be done in sections, like what they're going to do here in Buffalo, where they'll take you know one section at a time, that way they're not interrupting too many businesses, uh, or, or, or their interruption is as reduced, as mitigated as much as they possibly can? Will yours be done in such a phase manner? That is the plan at this point, um, but we know, the, you know, what's the old saying, the best laid plans of mice and men. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's the plan, and I know that, you know, in meetings and stuff that have been had with with the good folks at YDOT, you know, they are working diligently to make sure that there's as least amount of impact on residents and businesses along that stretch as possible. Um, they're very considerate of it, and... But, you know, the work still has to be done. So is it going to make everybody happy? Unfortunately not. But I think the, the end final product is going to be amazing. Now, uh, what kind of preparation work is Buffalo jumping on right now to ready themselves for this big project? Well, you know, this year, uh, 2023, we're going to be doing the alleys project. So the alleys down in the downtown corridor are all going to get redone behind the main business districts so that there's as much access as possible uh, for deliveries and customers and just people getting in to access those businesses. Now, some of those alleys uh, are, are gravel. Will they be paved or concreted in any way, or are we going to keep them gravel and just kind of uh, give them a bit of a facelift? The current plan right now is, you know, went to bid already, and we're just waiting for the frost to go out so the work can start, is they'll all be concrete alleys through the business district downtown, which will be a great improvement for everybody. You know, we have a couple of banks that utilize those, you know, for their drive-through and, you know, deliveries and, 
customers that are able to access the back door. So it's going to be it's going to be a huge improvement in some of those areas. It absolutely is. Uh, that that is a heck of an uh, improvement. Uh, it, you know, Buffalo's downtown isn't humongous, but uh, that is going to take a while. What's the timeline look on that? What are they telling you? Well, you know, it's laying concrete and it's an alley. So, um, you know, as soon as the frost goes out, they'll be able to start and should be done by this fall. So, Well, that's going to improve uh, a lot of the travel throughout the town uh, or the city. Now, have business owners voiced their concerns to you and the council, sir? Have they uh, met up with you guys and, and let you know what they're thinking about? Oh yeah, and you know there'll be more as as you know the deadline approaches to get this project started on Main Street. Um, some are excited, some aren't, and I you know I get that um, it's going to interrupt their business and that's their livelihood. But you know it's a wide out project, and you know it's arguing with the Golden Dome down down in Cheyenne sometimes is quite interesting, but. Yeah. You know, all their all their concerns are legitimate, and you know we we take those and we go back and sit down and try and figure out another another avenue or another way of doing it. So to try and alleviate those concerns as much as possible. Absolutely. Um, you know, hopefully the actual downtown district um, where the main businesses are, when they get to that section, it's quick and painless. Uh, speaking of streets, sir, uh, with spring comes potholes. I've I've spoke with oh, yeah. uh, Sheridan about it. When does uh, Public Works Director Les Hook uh, like to begin his battle plan against the potholes of spring? Well, you know, it's it all it's weather dependent. You know, we're looking at another little skiff coming in again. I know that's the topic of discussion with him and his his troops already, and you know. You kind of drive around, and, you know, it's been an icy year down here. So just the other day I saw them, you know, they were out cutting more ice to get more more water drainage off to create less potholes. So it's it's interesting. So as soon as they can get out there, I know they're gearing up to, to start working on them. It is a constant battle, to, you know, to it try is. and keep those, those streets in the condition uh, that they're drivable. And I, I do realize, you know, uh, potholes are inevitable. Uh, they are a sign Pot- of, of the weather more than anything else. Potholes are the one government guarantee and one promise that you can guarantee is going to happen for sure. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We promise there's going to be potholes every year. Now, sir, I know that you've uh, recently had your 1% discussions. Uh, have you... Uh, have have the one percent meetings gone very well so far this year? Well, we haven't started the one percent meetings yet. Um, so between the city and the county, you know, we've both allocated those funds out, and you know, good news, I guess, for those agencies are, you know, the city. Um, we stuck to our fifteen percent that goes back out to these agencies. Which was approximately, uh, off the top of my head, about forty-five thousand dollars more this year than last year. Um, but we haven't. We've gotten the applications in, um, both the city and the county. I do believe. Um, I can't speak for the county fully, but I know that the city. We've gotten our applications in, and 
you know, we had some people retire off of that 1% committee, so I'll be appointing a couple of people uh, at the next uh, council meeting to, to replace those folks. And they'll sit down and they'll start going through the through the applications and meeting with those groups and then sending the recommendation back to the council. Now, usually, uh, what what do you look for in someone to sit on a 1% committee? Well, what I look for is somebody that is going to be fair-minded, open-minded, and to be able to walk in and be able to make a fair fair decision on on those functions and just look at it from a from that fair and open-minded standpoint and and see what best benefits the city for the amount of dollars that are allocated to them. It's a it's a tough board to be on, um, and I truly applaud those people that are willing to sit there and and make those decisions and recommendations and pass them up to the council because it, it's it's tough. You know, uh, human nature I think would say everybody should get what they want, but unfortunately there's just not the dollars, so they're the group that has to sit down and figure it out. So that's why they have to be fair and open-minded towards it. And I think everybody who has ever sat on any kind of committee, or even those who try to budget for their home, understand that stretching a dollar is a challenge. And and sometimes having to look at somebody who has come to ask you for money and, and having to tell them, no, we can't do it this year, is equally as hard. Uh, that's pretty tough. And, and Floyd, it's nice to get a group of people that, I mean, as the council, we kind of know what groups are going to be asking for the dollars because they talk to you all year long about it. And it's nice to have that group that really isn't vested in one group or the other, Yeah, that don't have a connection to one group or the other, so they they can kind of walk in and, and not be biased towards something Yeah, yeah. and look at it fairly and evenly across the board. And even then, as you said before, human nature, it's so tough to, to you know, sit down there and uh, have to decide who gets what. Uh, that's always a, a tough decision. Mr. Mayor, I want to thank you so much for taking time with us today. It's always a pleasure talking with you, sir. Have a great one. You as well. All right, you've been listening. Don't feed the turkeys. <laughs> yes, don't <laughs> feed those turkeys. I got them in my yard. Uh, you've been listening to Public Pulse at 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Shared. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, LifeLink of Sheridan County is receiving these funds per random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment. Member FDIC. Wrap Plumbing and Heating can handle any job you have, big or small. From new construction to a pesky leaking toilet, the professionals at Wrap Plumbing and Heating are here to assist you. Drippy faucet? Sure. New shower hardware? No problem. Plumbing an entire new house? For sure. Logs that need snaked? Oh yeah. Wrap Plumbing and Heating has not met a job they can't handle. Too big a crap? Call Dan Rapp at 429-1196. 
Have you driven by the lot of wearing Sheridan Chevrolet? The change in ownership has opened up a flood of new and used inventory. Wearing Chevrolet is busting at the seams in new and used cars, trucks, SUVs of all makes and models. Inventory is back on the lot and arriving weekly. Best of all, the same great sales, service, parts, and body shop team is there to help. New ownership, same great team. Unbelievable inventory. Wearing Sheridan Chevrolet. 107 East Downs are open Monday through Friday, 7.30 to 5.30, Saturdays till 4. You bagged your trophy elk. Now imagine having its ivory handcrafted into the perfect piece of jewelry. At Legacy Diamond and Gems, their in-house jewelers can take your memory of the big hunt and preserve it into fine pieces of jewelry to last generations. Using your imagination, the skilled jewelers at Legacy Diamond and Gems can create something truly exceptional. Visit them at 11 North Main Street or online at LegacyDiamondGems.com. Hurry in now. It's the final week of Moss Holders American Made Furniture Sale. Moss Holders carries USA made furniture for nearly every room in your house. So whether you're needing a new mattress, updating your sofa or sectional, or looking for a new bedroom or dining set, Moss Holders has American made products that are on sale now. In stock or special order, every USA made product will be discounted. Come support American workers and get quality furniture for your space. Moss Holders American Made Sale ends this Saturday. Moss Holders, furniture is our passion. Our paint department is stocked up and ready to go. Hi, Kurt Smith here for the Sheridan Commercial Company. We're excited to help you with your next painting project. We have added the PPG line of paints along with our True Value paint line. This allows you so many new and exciting options for your next project. Whether you need help with customized color matching or choosing the right product, we're here to help. Great paint, great store. The Sheridan Commercial Company at 303 Broadway. Open seven days a week. It's time to spring into action and bid on the Spring Into Savings online auction at shredamedia.com. We've got plenty of items for spring cleaning, health, wellness, just for fun, restaurant certificates, retail store certificates for Sheridan and Buffalo restaurants. You can place bids on golf, movie theater, dog training, spas, and tons of items for your spring projects. You can even set your high bid so you don't have to keep coming back. Browse items, place your bids on the Spring Into Savings online auction at sheridanmedia.com. KROE, Sheridan, broadcasting from the Wyoming Corporate Office Studio. KROE.